Well, good morning, church. Here we are again. We are talking about what's next. And, you know, in my mind, in order to, in order to look ahead to what's next, we have to look back, I believe. We have to look back to what has happened before. You know, we're not, you know, as people, as human beings, we're not the greatest at learning from our history, from learning from what's happened before. Specifically as a church, I want to I consider Pentecost. And, and we're going to look specifically in Acts chapter 2, but I want to take just a minute to bring you up to speed on what's happening in Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, this is following the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So what we see is a, a summary in Acts chapter 1. Jesus promises his disciples the Holy Spirit. He's already talked about the Holy Spirit, promised that the Holy Spirit is going to come. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, I want you to wait here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and he's going to give you power to be my witnesses. So Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Jesus then ascends into heaven and two angelic beings appear. They promise that he is going to come back just as he ascended. And so these are the things that are happening in Acts chapter 1. Now, Acts chapter 1 tells us there's about 120 disciples that are gathered together in this upper room at Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So what is Pentecost? Actually, today is, is Pentecost Sunday. Today, May 31st, 2020, is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is a commemoration and it's a celebration of what we might call the official birthday of the church, the Christian church. It, this was also called the Feast of Weeks, okay? So it was a Jewish holiday that was observed 50 days after Easter. This, this is Pentecost, and, and we're going to see in Acts chapter 2, what took place here, how the church was actually birthed. And so here, if we're going to summarize Acts chapter 2, the first 41 verses, here's what happens at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit fills the people. He began to fill. He didn't just show up. He actually indwelt believers. He came to reside in people. The church is, is formed. The gospel was preached People responded in repentance and faith, and then each believer received the Holy Spirit. And the church is formed, and the church grew from that 120 people to 3,000. So here we are. The church is formed. The Holy Spirit comes. The gospel is preached. People respond, and the church is born, and it, it explodes from this group of 120 followers of Jesus into 3,000 plus. And so how did that early church function? How did they live? The Holy Spirit, if we're gonna kind of summarize this, this whole chapter, verses one through 41, the Holy Spirit unites God's people together around the gospel. That's, that's the first part of, of chapter two. These last few verses that we're gonna look at what we see is this united people begin to live in a new way as the church. The Holy Spirit unites God's people around the gospel. And then what we're going to see in these next few verses is that this united people, this group of people, they begin to live in a new way 
as the church. Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And so we see the early church live in life. The Holy Spirit has invaded. He's come upon them and the church is formed and it's growing. And, and the early church begins living in this new way as this united group of people. Well, how did, how did they behave? What was this new way of life that we see played out here in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47? Uh, well, follow along with me here. They were devoted to four practices. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship, this relationship with one another. They were devoted to the breaking of bread, which could have meant partaking of the Lord's Supper. I'm sure that was a huge part of it, but I think it was also breaking of bread also would refer to just having meals together, sitting around in their homes at table together. And so they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship with one another, to breaking of bread and the prayers. They were devoted to these four simple and yet foundational things. They were devoted to these four practices. It says that their faith was in everyday faith because it says they did these things from day to day. It wasn't from Sunday to Sunday. It wasn't one hour on one day of the week. It wasn't a Sunday faith. It was an everyday faith. So they were devoted to the four practices. Their, their faith was an everyday faith. They gathered in the temple. It says they gathered in the temple. There was this large gathering. They would come together in the, the, this building, the temple, to worship together and to receive teaching together. And then it says that they scattered from house to house. They scattered from house to house. And so they, they gathered big, but they scattered small from house to house. And they did all of this day to day, from day to day. It was an everyday faith. And they were devoted to these four practices. This was the life of the early church. Acts 5.42, it kind of brings us back again. Acts 5.42, and every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. This was an everyday thing for them. They lived out their faith every day, and it, it was always taking place, not just in the temple, not just in the big gathering, but from house to house. They did both of these things. They were equally important to the life of the early church in the temple and from house to house every day. This was the regular practice of the early church. And so this morning we're talking about this theme of next. So what's next for the early church after the day of Pentecost? Well, 
we, we saw this verse, but if, if you look back at Acts 2, verses 47, what we see at the end of that passage, and the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So what was next for the church after Pentecost? They began to, they were, the Holy Spirit united them together around the gospel. They began to live in this new way as the church. What was next for them? Well, as they were living out these practices in the temple and from house to house, the result of that, what was next was that the Lord blew that church up. I mean, not, not like an explosion, but like he kept adding. The church was growing in number and in souls being saved. People were finding full life in Christ, in their relationship with Christ. And they were, they were involved in, in community. They were gathering in the temple and from house to house. And they were on mission. They were, Acts 5 verse 42, it told us that from every day, in the temple and house to house, they ceased not to preach and to teach that, that the Christ was Jesus. They were on mission, serving one another, serving others, and sharing the good news of the gospel. They were, they were finding full life in Christ, community, and on mission. You wonder where we got that, that, that mission statement that we talk about, that we remind you of every single week? It goes back to the early church, y'all. This is who we are supposed to be, people who help others find full life in Christ, in community, and on mission. That was what was next for the, the early church. They were doing it, and God was growing their church spiritually and numerically. People were coming to Christ and, and being planted in community, and they were living on mission. This was the early church. What is it that we learn from Acts chapter 2, from the church, the early church, from the day of Pentecost, which we celebrate today? What, what does that, how does that help us as we move forward? And I'm excited, y'all, because I am coming up on a year here at Friendship, and this is a crazy season, and yet I believe with all of my heart that God wants to use this season in the life of our church to bring revival. I really believe that He wants to bring revival to our church and to our county. I believe it. I don't, I don't want us to waste this crisis, y'all. I believe that if we look back, it will help us in how we move forward. And so what's next for us? Let me, let me show you a little graphic here. It's going to pop up on the screen. Maybe you've seen this shared on social media. Maybe not. But it's kind of this, this graphic of the pressure that pastors face these days. And, and, and if you kind of look with me, here's the different opinions about when church should start regathering you know, in the building. Here's the different opinions that are represented. Some would say, don't ever open the building again. Home is so much better. We want to stay worshiping at Bedside Baptist or, you know, on our couch. That's one opinion. Some of you have that opinion. Here's another opinion, the green circle. We need to open the church building. I need to be there and see everyone. What are you waiting for? Okay, some of you, that is, that is you and you are ready to punch me in the throat because we haven't opened yet, okay? That might be you. Here's a third opinion at the top, the blue circle. 
You can't open the church building yet. It's, it's a huge health risk. You are wrong if you do. And, and no matter when we open, some of you are going to say, it is too soon. What are you thinking? We're not ready for this. That's the third opinion. Here's another one. Moving again to the right. It's all a big hoax, a conspiracy, a media frenzy. Read this article, this link. Don't be afraid. This is all just nonsense. This is a conspiracy. Don't buy any of it. It's all a lie. It's all a, a hoax to steal our freedom. That's another opinion, all right? Here, here's a fifth opinion. My wife, my husband, my dad, my grandparent, my uncle, my sister, brother, niece, somebody I know and love just passed away from COVID-19. And so you have a different perspective. Maybe that's you. Here, here's another one. Here are the 25 things you need to do if you want to meet in your building again. And if that's you, you're going to help do all 25 of those things. Okay, you're in charge. All right, that's another opinion. Okay, here's, here's the, the, the last one. The seventh and final opinion. My family is going to stay home for a while before coming back. Sorry, can't be there. And some of you would say, I'm not coming back until this thing is absolutely under control, until there's a vaccine or whatever the case. And maybe that's you. Okay, and, and, and there's probably about 10 more or so different opinions. And here's what I'm, I'm asking from you is for grace. No matter which circle you're in, I love you. I care about you. I may not agree with you and you may not agree with me. And in fact, there's probably going to be a lot of disagreement no matter what we choose to do, no matter what course of action we lay out, there is not going to be a hundred percent agreement. And we have to be okay with that. We have to be people who show grace and understanding and patience with everyone, especially, especially those of the household of faith. We've got to show grace and understanding. We're to be people of grace and truth, and we don't know the truth in this. The truth that we know is that God is good, that God is sovereign and powerful and in control of all of this, that we can trust Him, that we can have faith in Him, not faith in ourselves, not faith in our government, and all those things, faith in Christ. And we're going to walk by faith and with grace with one another. Amen? That is about the only thing that we can, I think, agree on because the Spirit of God is the one who unites us. And He's not going to unite us around our opinions uh, about COVID-19 or how we should handle the situation. That's not how He united the early church and, and different things going on in their culture. What the Holy Spirit did was He united the people around the gospel, the person and the work of Jesus. Outside of that, we've got to show a lot of grace to one another and to other churches. I want to give a shout out to other pastors and leaders and other churches, whatever they're doing. If, they're, if they've already opened up, they've been going to church for weeks, or if they're not opening up for two more months, wherever they're at, I, I, man, let's show people and churches and pastors grace. Let's show them grace, man. If you're a pastor or leader, for whatever reason you're watching this, 
you know, man, I give, I give you a shout out and man, I am for you. I am for the capital C church, not just our church. Man, this is a hard season and we need the, the grace of God and the wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit leading us. We all need that. I'm just thankful for pastors and leaders who are leading through this. Let's show one another and other leaders grace. Amen. But so what's next for us? What is next for us as the church? Well, I'm calling it relaunch. Relaunch. So let me remind you of what we saw in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit unites God's people together around the gospel. And so here is my question for us, church. Why can't we... Why can't we be like the early church? We are God's people. We have the gospel and we have the Holy Spirit. There's nothing stopping us from being like the early church. And again, let me remind you of that second, that last part of Acts chapter 2, that this united people, that they, they began to live in a new way as the church. And so let me ask a question. Why can't we, as the church in, in 2020, why can't we begin to live in a new way as the church, just like the old church, the early church? And it's not so much a new way as it is an old way that, that I would argue the church, the big C church, maybe even our church in a lot of ways, has moved away from and this, this, I'm telling you, this season of disruption is a season for us to recover our identity as the church and to go back to live in the way that we were designed to live as the people of God. I think that's what God wants for us. And I, I believe that if we do that, that God could spark revival in our church so I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Acts chapter 29. I'll give you just a second to flip open in your Bible or to, to turn on your, your, your device and get to Acts chapter 29. I'll give you a second as you flip over there. Wait, what? What was that I hear? You're not finding it? You're not finding Acts 29? It's because there is no Acts 29, okay? Acts only has 28 chapters and there's a, a church planning organization i'm stealing this from the church was formed and it was started and it, and it continues even past the book of acts even into our present day that we are the living church of acts chapter 29 that the church is still going and growing through his people right now and so acts chapter 29 let me suggest the next chapter, the next season for us as a church. Let's be like the early church. Here's how we can move forward. We devote ourselves to the four practices, to the apostles' teaching, to the teaching of Scripture, the Bible, the Word of God. What does the Bible say? Gospel above all. First things first. We devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to our relationships with one another, to life on life, not just life at a distance, but life on life, up close, devoted to fellowship, devoted to the breaking of bread, not just celebrating the Lord's Supper, remembering what He's done for us, but getting around tables together. 
eating with one another, doing life with each other across the table, devoted to the breaking of bread and devoted to prayer. God isn't going to spark a revival until we get on our knees and begin to pray and ask Him for it and to humble ourselves in His sight. And so we devote ourselves to the four practices of the early church. We begin to live out in everyday faith. You know, this is an opportunity for us as the church because we, we've been gathering online every week, but we get to enter a different phase where we don't just, we don't just gather from week to week, but we, we promote and we encourage and we strive to live out in everyday faith. Not just Sunday to Sunday, not just one hour a week, but all 168 hours of the week where we focus on living out an everyday faith. Here's, here's a third thing is that we gather or we go big in the temple. This is what we're all clamoring for, right? We can't wait to get back to the church and gather as the corporate body of Christ. I can't wait for that. We read about the, all the people in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. They were gathered together in one place together. And we're like, oh, when that day comes, it's going to be glorious. So we gather, we go big in the temple. And then the fourth thing is that we scatter. We go small from house to house. We go small. We scatter from house to house. So what I'm proposing for us as the church is, is we... In this season, we go, we move forward by going back. We go back to the ways of the early church. And so rather than reopening, because here's the truth, the church has never closed. Our church building has been closed, but the church has never closed. And so our church doesn't need to reopen. But rather than reopening, we want to re launch. We don't want to just throw the doors open and, and go back to normal. Yes, we want to gather together, but we don't want to just go back to business as usual. We want to be, at least I want to be, this is my heart. I hope it's your heart. We want to be a stronger church. We want to be a better church. We want to more, more closely reflect God's design for the church that we see in the early church when God formed his church. We want to look more like that, not less. And so we don't want to just throw open the doors and go back to business as usual. We want to not just reopen, we want to relaunch the church. You know, I, I hate, I hate COVID-19 as much as you all do. I hate it. But here's what I know is that disruption can be a gift. Disruption can be a gift in our lives and in the life of our church. And here's, here's what I believe with all of my heart is that if God disrupts us as a church, like he has, there's no doubt about that, right? We can all agree on that, that God has disrupted our, our world, our culture, our church, our lives. We have been disrupted. But if, if we don't grow and become better and stronger and healthier as people, as a church coming out of this crisis, we will have wasted an incredible opportunity that God has, has just laid across 
the plate for us. If all we do, listen y'all, if all we do as a church is add online, like online church to what we do, if that is all we do coming out of this excruciating season, if all we do is add online stuff, man, we'll, we, we will have blown it. We will have missed out on what I believe is the biggest opportunity that the church will ever have in, in my lifetime. This disruption can be a gift, y'all. This disruption is an opportunity for revival if we will recover the old ways of the early church. With all that said, let's talk for just a few minutes about our, our, our phases to relaunch uh, as we start to, to look to regathering as, a, as a, a big church body. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what's next. And we've got three phases that I want to talk about. And here's, here's phase number one. Phase number one is the month of, of June, and it is the time when we will begin to regather. And we will regather focusing on the house to house, the house to house that we see in Acts chapter two and, and, and moving forward in the life of the church, house to house. I know we're all clamoring for the, the in the temple, for the big gathering. We'll get there. But phase number one, our very first phase, is gathering house to house. So what does that mean? What does that look like? And, and know this, regathering physically in any way, shape, or form is going to involve risk. It will, and some of you won't be ready for that, and that is okay. We're not pushing everybody to get to the same place at the same time. Some of you are not going to want to participate in phase number one. You may be waiting for phase two or phase three. We get that, okay? But as a church, here is how we want to move forward. Phase one, the month of June, we begin to focus on gathering house to house. Let me give you the, the long form title of what we're going to call this and then the short form, what we'll call it in general. I'm going to call these area church tribes or tribes is what we'll call this for short all right but let me let me let me give you the vision for area church tribes or tribes area because we want to gather by geography all right so so what one thing i've noticed as we've moved to kershaw county is that there's just there's large sections of of housing and, and neighborhoods and and there, there's folks who live outside of neighborhoods but 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 it's easy to to group um, people by, by geography in, in our county. You know, we have folks that come here from, from the other side of the river, from Camden. There's some that come from, from Elgin. There's a, a lot from, from Lugoff. There's, there's some from, you know, around the lake. There's others. We have a small contingent from Columbia. And so there's, there's these different pockets of folks that come and call friendship home. And so it's by area. All right the word church. So each group is going to function as the church, and yet it's going to be a smaller part uh, of the whole, of, of the big church. We're going to meet house to house by area, 
Each group is going to function as the church. They're going to love one another. They're going to do all the one another's together. They're going to be devoted to the, the practices of the early church together, but they're still part of the, the church, friendship church. It's not doing their own thing. They're a smaller part of the whole. And so area, church, and then that word tribe, tribe is this idea of, of being like a family. Everybody needs to belong. Everybody needs a tribe, a, a group of people where they, that they can know and where they can be known. You think of the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, God's people. What was the nation of Israel broken up into or made up of? It was tribes, right? These were family units or groupings by family, but they were always part of the larger nation of Israel. And so I love this word tribe because it, it invokes this idea of we're not just a, a group or a small cluster of people. Man, we're, we're a family. And that's what we would love to implement in this season. We believe this is a great time to start doing the house to house. This is honestly part of our ministry that has been um, lacking. We want this area of discipleship and growing people in their faith and making disciples. And this, this whole thing is a big part of, of, of what we need as a church. And so I see this as, as a gift from God that we can begin implementing this house-to-house -house form or aspect of, of our ministry, which I've been praying about and working on. And it's never been able to actually happen on my timetable coincidentally, no, it's, it's, it's because God knew what was coming in the life of his church here. So tribes, it's where everybody can know and, and be known, where you can be part of a, of a tribe. Another reason I call it the, the long form, which I won't use very often, but uh, area church tribes, it's because as an acronym and pastors speak in acronyms, right? A-C-T, it reminds us of the book of Acts, what the early church looked like. And so, some practical questions. What, what would a tribe look like? Well, initially, right here at first in the month of June, it's going to be very simple. Very simple. The focus right now for all of us is, is gathering. It's just being around one another. All right, this is, is what we're talking about. So, so what this would look like in June is basically like a watch party. So it would be folks in, a, in an area where we would gather together in a tribe and you would, you would come together to, to worship. So you would, you would watch a, a, a worship service together. You would worship together. You would have some, some simple conversation. Maybe you kind of have some organic conversation coming out of a sermon or out of a service. Um, maybe you pray together for a couple minutes and then that's it. It, that's it. It's just, just a basic kind of watch party. Maybe it's on Sunday morning um, when we're live uh, online. Maybe it's a different time of the week. Um, it, it would be in, in a home or maybe at first because of the social distancing, we're trying to do more of that. Maybe, maybe we open up the church one night of the week so your tribe can, can gather here for a season. But ultimately what we want is this to happen, not within the, the walls of the church, but from house to house outside of this place because the people are the church. You are the church. And so at first, that's all it looks like. There's, there's not a lot going on. The emphasis again is just gathering, being around one another. 
eventually, so that's what it looks like initially, but eventually it would develop. There would be more. The, each tribe would be devoted to the four practices. So that's phase number one. Phase number two would be the month of July. And we're going to put a tentative kind of mid-July date on that. All right, we have the, the holiday at the beginning of the month. And so sometime after the 4th of July weekend, we would look to moving to phase number two, which would be house to house plus in the temple. And, and so that house to house phase, that's not just like a stepping stone towards, I mean, it is a starting point, but we're not going to like all of a sudden move away from that. We want that to become a core part of what we do as a church. And so if we have, if we have been doing the house to house thing, if we have these tribes, it becomes easier for us to facilitate how we gather together in the temple. So it would maybe these two or these three tribes um, gather at the church uh, Sunday at, at 9 a.m. And these three tribes gather on Sunday at 10.45 a.m. And these three tribes gather at the church at 12.30, whatever. I'm just throwing out ideas. Um, we don't have all of that in place yet um, because phase two is a little ways away. And, and that's going to be, obviously, all of these dates and details are subject to change, right? At any moment. But this is, is the plan, that phase two would be in July, mid-July, we would move towards house-to-house -to -house plus in the temple. So trying to do all the precautions to keep everyone safe um, and, and, you know, social distancing and all that stuff. We'd figure all of those things out, um, but moving towards in the temple with, with no kids ministry at that point, all right? That comes in phase number three, which is date to be determined, all right? And so as schools start to figure out, as fall approach, into summer, beginning of fall approaches, we want to be tracking with and figuring out how schools are handling the situation with, with kids. Um, but phase three basically is house to house plus in the temple plus kids. So that may happen uh, after school is in, after Labor Day. Um, maybe that happens in October or later. We don't know what that looks like and we don't want to put dates and details out for that because things are very fluid at this point. But phase three would be moving into house to house in the temple plus kids ministry back into the flow. So that is, that is our relaunch plan. That is the way that we are looking towards, um, towards the future. It's, it's moving forward learning from what we've gone through, adapting and utilizing new technology and all these things and, and, and not moving away from that stuff, but moving back to the old ways, to implementing the things that the early church did so that we can be a better, stronger, healthier, more biblical church like God intended us to be. And I'm telling y'all, I know some of you are all, you're all um, in different circles about your opinions. And some of you are hearing this and going, yes, that's awesome. Some of you are going, ah, too soon. Some of you are going, why aren't we gathering as a church right now? I get it. We're all across the spectrum on opinions. We believe this is the best way forward. Would we, would we rather it be different? Yeah, we'd rather no COVID-19 to deal with, but we believe this is the best way forward for us as a church in this season where God has us. 
Now, churches are, are already open, are going to be opening up sooner than we are. Does that make them better or us better or them right and us wrong or vice versa? No. It, this, is, this is purely God's leading each church, each leadership team, each pastoral team. Man, we all have to walk by the Spirit and respond to Him in obedience. And we believe this is the way that God has laid out for us to go. And I'm just telling you from my perspective, obviously we wouldn't be going this way if I didn't believe this was what God wanted for us and I wasn't excited about it. But I'm telling y'all, I mean, coming into this weekend, this this sermon, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I have been tired and mentally worn out um, it, it is like a daily, like, how am I going to feel tomorrow? I mean, this has been a weird season for me. I know it has been for you. Um, it, there's been weeks where I just don't, I don't feel like I have anything to give, honestly. And yet, coming into this week and just going through Acts chapter 2, talking about these things, I could not be more fired up. This is the most excited I've been to preach in, in a little while because I'm dreaming y'all of where God is taking us. And I'm, I'm believing and dreaming of the revival that I believe God wants to give us. I believe it y'all. The question that I have for you is, are you in? Are you in? Who's in with us? This is what we want to know. The action step for today is we want to find out who wants to be a part of this next step, this phase number one in June. The tentative kind of launch date for tribes, I would say is, is uh, two weekends from today, June 14th, um, because our plan of attack is we wanna hear from you. We wanna see who is, is interested um, in being a part of this. Uh, we are we're gonna ask you to respond if you, if you want to be a part of this. Maybe you need to pray about it, that's okay. But if you want to be a part of this, go to friendshipwire.com slash relaunch. Friendshipwire.com slash relaunch. And you'll have an opportunity to sign up if you are interested in being in a tribe. What we're doing right now is we're working on assembling leaders to lead each of these tribes. Um, Some of you, um, maybe you have a desire to lead. Uh, I do want to say this. There will be, I promise you, opportunities for leaders to rise up, for us to equip and empower leaders to to lead. Uh, But right now we're gonna identify and we're gonna implement um, leaders of tribes and there will be a pathway to leadership if that's something that God has put in you, okay? I wanna make sure you hear that uh, because if we continue to grow and God does his thing, we will need more and more leaders. But we are implementing um, or assembling leaders for this first phase of tribes. And then based on your response, we're going to identify locations and then begin to assign folks to tribes. All right. Um, and, and, and this is how we're going to do it. If, maybe you have a home that, you know, one of the hard logistical things with, with a tribe is we need homes to meet in. And tribe can be anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 people. Um, it, it'll probably be on the smaller side of that at first, because that's just what we're assuming with this season, that some of you are going to be, you know, late adopters on this, you know, and some of you just aren't ready to come back yet. Um, 
but the logistical difficulty with this is having spaces big enough to meet in. And so maybe you don't want to lead a group, um, have no interest in that, but you have a home and a space that you would love to open up uh, to a tribe. Um, you can let us know, friendshipwire.com slash relaunch. You can let us know if you have a home that you would want to open up for a tribe to meet at and somebody else to lead that tribe. Listen, I want to make sure this is, is clear. Some of you all are going to have questions. We're going to try to do a Q&A during our Facebook Live immediately following each of these services. Okay, so if you have some questions or something particular on your mind, join us on Facebook Live. We'll try to answer those for you. Okay, I know there's going to be a lot of details to, to work out yet. But I want you to know this. As we move into phase one, which is, is, is scattering from house to house, it's going small rather than going big, all right? We are not starting small because we have to. We're starting small because we want to. We're starting small because we want to. We believe it's the wise way to begin to gather together again, all right? Um, there have been a number of churches nationwide that have started gathering and someone tested positive for coronavirus uh, after they attended and that shut everything down for you know extended period of time there's there's a church um, pretty local that has had that same thing happen where 40 folks were potentially exposed and so um, again there's going to be risk no matter how many people you gather around but we want to minimize that so we think this is the wisest course of action um, but we also believe that this is again not just a step back to the large gathering, but this is gonna be core to what we do. We think this is gonna be an essential part of how we do ministry and how we accomplish our mission of helping people to find full life in Christ, in community, and in mission, on mission. We believe this is gonna be integral to what God wants to do through friendship. Let me ask you this morning, will you join us in this? Will you join us in this season. Again, maybe you don't feel ready for it and that's okay. We have some of our leaders who don't feel ready for that and that is okay. Um, no matter where you're at on the spectrum, whether you're ready right now, you're, you're ready yesterday, or you're not gonna be ready until you know months down the road, Whatever, wherever you're at, that's okay. And we will continue to, to gather online. We still wanna make it easy for you to worship with us as a church. But phase one, beginning in June, is gonna be house to house. Phase number two in July, mid-July, is house to house plus in the temple. Okay, this, this building is, is, would never be described as a temple, but you, you get what I'm talking about. We're gonna go big, we're gonna gather together in larger gatherings in July. And then phase three, TBD, to be determined, at some point in the future, we'll add kids into the mix, kids ministry into the mix. Um, because during our large gathering, kids, families will all be together with us here on campus. Man, we love y'all. I'm, we're, we're, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what God has for us as his church. And I want you to be a part of it. Whatever that looks like over these next couple months, you can be a part of it. You can support, you can pray, you can contribute because we are the church. We are God's people that the Holy Spirit has united 
around the gospel, the person and the work of Jesus and him alone. Amen. Father God, thank you for your grace and your goodness to all of us. Lord, thank you for the example of the early church. God, how you established your church, how you built and grew your church. And God, our desire is to experience what they got to experience. God, that we would be devoted to the things that they were devoted to. And that in that devotion and living out that everyday faith and in our gathering and in our scattering, God, we would, we would experience revival. Lord, would you bring revival in our land? Would you bring revival in our church? Would you bring revival in our homes? God, would you, would you bring revival to me? And when you, would you use me? Would you use us? And to do incredible things in this county, in our, in our community. God, we trust you. We believe that you are doing a work and we want to, we want to jump in and we want to join you in what you are doing. And so God, would you use us? Would you help us? We pray in Christ's name. Amen.